I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Jim Beheim has never lost five games in a row in 42 years as head coach of the Syracuse Orange. That stat would stay in place as the Orange hold an opponent to 45 points for the second time this season, ending a string of losses in conference play against Pitt. We'll give you the good and the bad of that game. Plus, as always, we turn to Joe for a preview of Boston College as the Golden Eagles come to the Dome Sweet Dome Wednesday, January 24th at 7 o'clock. Let's go. What's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to episode 52 of the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on any major platform or directory, including Podcast Attic app, Player FM app, iTunes, pretty much anywhere. So once again, I'm Sean alongside my good buddy Joe. Well, Joe, it was sloppy, but the Orange got it done. They got off the schneid. Ended yep. a four-game losing streak, um, and it wasn't pretty. And I don't know how many teams they beat playing like that, but in the end, as Joe says, a win is a win. <laughs> a win is a win. <laughs> no matter how ugly, a win is a win. Um, but you know, I mean, just a lot of sloppy ball handling. Um, it was also the the first time they won a game. Uh, scoring under 60 points. So, yeah. and that just says a lot. I, I actually thought at one point they were going to hold them to like 40 points. Um, <laughs> they ended up scoring 45, but Pitt is awful. Holy cow, they're awful. Yeah. I, I, I was just so upset that it took so long to really start to put Pitt away. I was, you know, and there was something wrong with battle. Um, I had m- mentioned to you that I heard the broadcaster said they thought he was under the weather. Um, I never really read anything about that. Everything's so tight-lipped. Uh, I, I never, yeah. I, you know what I mean. I never read anything about it. I never heard anything else about it during the broadcast. Um, but they did force 18 turnovers, so um, yeah, that's huge. So well, other 16 than one points. guy, one oh. guy kept them in. I mean, Stewart, Stewart hit seven to 13 three-pointers and had 23 yeah, points, 23 so 23 points. to the 45 points. Do you, do you know how much he averages a game point-wise? Not even close to that. 7.4 points a game. Yeah. 
and coach mentioned that in his in his press conference how he doesn't understand how these guys have not figured out that when you have one guy scoring all the time that you have to get to that guy you have to be on that guy do not let that guy by himself out there seven from seven for 13 from behind the arc i mean yeah. jeez i'm crow um and pitt shot 14 out of 40 dude <laughs> that's freaking yeah i mean <laughs> we're not much gonna better a bunch of threes man i know we're not much better 22 for 51 but and we did slip a little bit in the three-point category um down to 27 percent 15 out of 18 27.7, whatever. But the free throws look good again last night. We didn't get to the line very much. 10 for 12. Um, not many foul shots at all in that game, in fact. so Yeah, they let them play. Yeah, they definitely did, which was kind of... I liked it. I got to be honest. I like that. I like that type of officiating. I really do. But I cringe a lot because I see, you know, your, your team's getting away with fouls. Their team's getting away with fouls. So I, I'm, on one side, you're like, you know, what the hell? And then the other side, you're like, oh, okay, well. Oh, it makes for a sloppy game, and that's what we get. That's what we saw. <laughs> that's exactly right. Good point. Good point. Um, player of the game, uh, you know, um, let's see. We're, we're, let's find Howard here. Uh, five for 14. That's That doesn't look that good. But when no. you uh, add everything up for Howard and the way he contributed uh, last night during that game while battle was kind of um, a little sluggish, he had yeah. 18 points, four assists, five steals, and seven rebounds. And the biggest stat of the night for me on Howard was one turnover. One. Yeah. One. That's yeah, a, that's, that's definitely that's... below his average for sure. So <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, Joe, yeah. what would you think, buddy? Uh, the game overall, again, a win's a win, uh, but it was ugly. And I kind of knew it was going to be when you get a team like Pittsburgh – uh, they're on the ropes. They're trying to figure it out. They're they're gonna do their best. So, but like you said, I mean, other than one guy, yeah, it was tough to watch, man. And even looking back on it, I mean, we went by fourteen, and it doesn't even seem like we did. So, no, that really was the we- that was the weirdest thing about it. Um, again, I'm just glad that that we got that one off our back, and hopefully. Uh, we can learn a little bit, so to you know, after Boston College game, we can go to Pittsburgh and hopefully get another win. So this is just with the way that this Pittsburgh team is; these just playing them twice is almost like a blessing, and uh, we have to be able to take advantage of that. So yeah, I mean, I really God. saw really saw nothing. Um, their their other real, uh, score, their uh, frame. Um, he really didn't have that good of a game. I think he hit one three. Uh, in the second half, but other than Stewart, that that team was very uh, left little to be desired. Their head coach, their new head coach, looks like a what a real human life Homer Simpson would look like. So it's <laughs> so true. It he's a little just, disheveled, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's having a tough go. <laughs> and meanwhile, meanwhile, Jamie Dixon goes down to TCU, and they're a top twenty-five team. So he's a great coach. We knew we talked, we talked about that 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 was going to be a huge, huge uh, for Pitt to overcome, and um, that's proven yeah. to be true. Absolutely true. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to point out seems insignificant now, but uh, going you know remember when remember when we had that one just really lackadaisical play at the end of the Notre Dame game. Yeah, there was a similar play. It was in the middle of the game. I think it was 
um, I think it was at the beginning of the game, actually, when, um, what was it, Cameron Davis? Does that sound right? Cameron? Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, he stole a pass and just took it down, looked like a wide-open uh, slam, and basically Howard was right behind him. He never stopped running and chased him down, and he just he blocked it at the rim. So just goes to well, show that if you don't stop, you got a chance. And Howard was the one that had a chance during Notre Dame. So, well, the funny thing too with that is, is that Howard that was Howard's lone turnover. Oh, so, that's true. Yeah, good point. Then, so he made up for it, and the, the ball ended up getting blocked, and then going out of bounds, and it was our ball. So he pretty much made up for it. So that one turnover, he made up for. So, yeah. Um, so all in all, like you said, you know, the refs let him play probably. Probably attributed to um, a, a bit of sloppy play. Uh, Battle ended up with 15 points. Not not yeah. not real huge on the stat sheet. Um, nothing significant. Uh, no. Uh, we, he started slow. He started slow. Yeah, he started slow and he airballed a three. I just felt bad. He just didn't. He just did not look like himself. And no, and then and Beheim didn't look like himself as far as the way that he was rotating. Oh yeah, I mean I, I remember at one. Remember that. At, yeah, at one point you texted me saying something about, you know, an experimental game or whatever, and it almost felt like he – it almost felt like Beheim wasn't too worried. Um, yeah, he was definitely trying some things, though, right? I guess we should mention that. I totally forgot about that. In the beginning of the game, it really seemed like he was doing some different things, like a full-court press with, like, a minute off the clock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, they, yeah, they pressed early. Uh, Howard Washington came in early. Um, Sadibi came in early. And uh, he was definitely playing around with some, you know, a battle. He got three minutes on the bench early. So um, he was definitely playing around with some stuff, trying to figure stuff out. But, uh, I mean, like I said, just ugly and slow. We didn't get a lot of free throws because of the, ref, the way the refs called the game. But um, it kind of helped in our advantage because Pittsburgh didn't get a lot of points in the paint whatsoever. Um, and honestly, I mean, like I said, Looked ugly. It's tough to watch at some points. Still end up winning by 14. And one of their guys went off and shot over 50% from the three-point line and had 23 points when he only averages seven. Like, just usually when that kind of stuff happens, you know, you lose. You know? Right. If you were to say you score 59 points and you let a guy on the other team that averages seven points shoot and get a 23, then usually we lose those games. And, and by the way, with and you usually lose with seven offensive boards too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying. And that's and that's just kind of telling of how how bad Pittsburgh really is this year. Down they are, and they're going to bunch of freshmen. Um, and uh, I know Stallings; he was pretty, I mean, mildly successful in the SEC. I think he came from Vanderbilt, so. Um, He's probably going to be able to, to get it turned around, but it just might take a little while. It's a tough league, and um, it's just telling when you have like our best player's highest battle who was off and started slow. We, all, the, all the keys that we talk about as far as things that we need to do to win the game um, or have a chance against some good teams, I mean, we were just not that good in it. You know, Like you said, we didn't hit our – I mean, we were low on our free throws. We were low on our um, – Offensive rebounds. Tyus Battle, our best player, he started off slow. Uh, and still, <laughs> you know, we still end up winning by 14. So, Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, we had uh, seven offensive boards. It's like, how do you win with that? But 
Then you look up at at the other team's offensive boards and you look, you see, oh well, that's how you win. They had four. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so um, a guy we've been real high on here lately is Pascal uh, Chukwu, and um, he didn't have the best game. A little butter butterfingery. Uh, there was some. There was some fancy, like cute little no look passes going on, and with the lane clogged up a little bit. And Pascal, he's got to just hold on to the ball. A number of times he had it right in his hand, and it just gets smacked out or grabbed away from him. And um, he can't do that. And, and I don't know if we should be getting cute like that right now either. But here's what Coach had to say. I think Pascal, is he's, he takes a step forward, then he takes a step backward. Tonight he had opportunities, and he's bringing the ball down and not finishing. And then, you know, what he can do is, like at the end there, he got mad a little bit. He got the pass. He came down. He dunked it. Well, he should be doing that the whole game, but he just isn't that mentality. And he's got to get that mentality. He's just not doing that. And uh, we need him to do that. His presence on defense is very important, helps us. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think O'Shea, too, has taken a little step back. He was getting to the basket better early in the year. I still, I still think he's, he did try tonight. I think he, I think he might have gotten hit a couple times, but you still got to finish those. But we need him to get back in there. I th- he mentions real quick, I'll just go back to what he said about O'Shea. Uh, I put that in there because it was right after, but... He's right. He was trying. He really was trying last night to do what he does best, and that's and that's you know charge the rim, and um, I mean he was trying. I don't know. It, it's it's tough. It's hard to dribble around all that sometimes. And everybody knows what to do now, so it's it's not going to get any easier, as far as that goes. As far as um, Chuku goes, when he was. Uh, Jim Beheim was asked to clarify about his mentality, quote unquote. He says he's just not a tough guy. He's got to be tough. He brings the ball down. People take it away from him. We've talked about that. He goes on. You can't let that happen. You just can't. He's a super nice big guy. You got to play with an edge when you're a big guy, and he doesn't. And it kind of, it kind of seems that way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Pascal, kind of a nice guy. You know, this guy's got very limited experience experience coming from Nigeria. He's coming here. He was out all last year. You know, um, he's just limited. He's just a, he's just not there athletically yet on the balance of things. And, um, yeah, he's got to get tough, man. He does. Yeah. He needs to talk. Especially in this league, he's going to get pushed around and that's, yeah. And he is a super nice guy. If you've ever watched any of his, like any of his post game stuff and things like that, or the little things Syracuse.com puts out. No, uh, he's, no. he seems like, a, he seems like a super nice guy. It's exactly what he said. So um, I just, I can imagine him with like the voice of Dikembe Mutombo <laughs> just running through. Yeah. You know, running, running down, just excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. You know, not just my house. No. Yeah. He's not saying that. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Excuse right? me. Excuse me. Pardon me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, on the season, though, he does have SU's best offensive rating, according to your boy, Ken Palm. Um, it's the best true shooting percentage and best uh, effective field goal percentage. He makes He's making the team best, 66% of his shots. Of his shots. So, and, yeah, well, that and, doesn't count all the times he loses the ball. No, that is very true. Great, great. It doesn't count unless you get a shot up, right? Great point. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and he's putting the ball on the floor. That's the problem. 
Like, just go up. Yeah. Right? Right? When you're that big, they always tell you just keep the ball up, come down, but keep the ball up. You put it down and all the little guys and smaller guys, it's just you're bringing the ball to them. You know, just keep it up high, come down, go right back up with it. That's it's, just that's what you're taught as a big man. Yeah, and that's what he was talking about when he played against 7-4, uh, what's his name there? From uh, Florida FSU. State. Yeah. Kumaji. Yeah, he said yeah. he likes playing against those bigger guys like that because – he doesn't have to worry about a little guy cutting his legs out or, you know, going down right. there and grabbing the ball. So, yeah. yeah. So when he brings – I mean, naturally, when you're a big guy, bringing it down is just kind of a no-no. Um, but on top of that, the fact that he's kind of got weak hands as well and he's not the biggest, strongest guy, I mean, it all just goes against him to where he should just – if he gets the ball around there, he should either – if he's going to shoot it, he's got to keep it high and, and just come down and put it right back up or he's got to look to kick it out. You know, just restart the shot clock or, or or whatever. Give it, kick it out to somebody who has a better shot. But um, it's just too much. If he's going to be farting around like that and doing that stuff and losing the ball too much, we we can't be doing. I mean, yeah, he, he, turn, turnovers is going to kill us. Like we talked about, we we don't have we have limitations and our room for error is very small. So anything that we can do to to keep the turnovers, you know, and it's going to come to a point with Beheim where he can either get the ball and help us on offense or he's probably going to just stop trying to feed him. Yeah. I, I say, I say he's got to He's got to just get better, get a little meaner and, um, and clean up, clean it up when you get the pass stop putting the ball on the ground one time to, to adjust yourself or whatever the hell he's doing. It's a, it's a bad habit is what it is. Yeah. Well, that's it's, an awful habit. And um, the other thing is, is just a mentality that, that, that what Beheim's talking about. It's just a mentality. Um, some people sometimes I, I don't know if they just don't understand that it's just a game and that you don't have to I mean you can go as hard as you know, it's just that's just competitive edge in it as far as I'm concerned that effort and that kind of stuff if you're a true competitor and you don't want to lose then you're not going to care about stuff like that you know true and for some reason he's he worries about it and maybe doesn't get as physical as he should be getting so it's um yeah, and he hadn't played a whole lot of competitive ball either. So, and here he is in in bright lights. I mean, it's yeah. these are the brightest lights he'll probably ever play in. Yeah, you know. So, well, again, too, it comes down to getting to getting some uh, some competition in there because that's that's what that fuels. Because he's good, but if we were to, I mean, I know this year we don't have anybody coming in, but let's just say Sadibi were to cure a lot of his tendonitis problems and get a lot healthier over the season, off season, get bigger and stronger. I mean, Chuku is not in a situation where, I mean, if someone else steps up, he could easily be replaced. So, and that's with some, that's with some of these guys too. Same thing with Moyer and Merrick Dolce. I mean, they got guys coming in next year that are going to be taking minutes from them yeah, unless they get their stuff together. So this year they got to, they got to, worry about that as well you know not just their their role in this team they got to worry about you know getting better for the future because they are the future but battle and Versetta aren't going to be around for that long yeah um Dolge, he had a better game last night uh getting off his his last couple games um all right <clears throat> they get some rest coach said this team needs some practice we're talking about practice we're talking about practice we're talking about practice man I mean, how silly is that? I mean, we're talking about practice. Talking practice. about practice, man. What are we talking about? 
Practice? Practice. We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game. <laughs> so, Coach said this, this team, more than any other team, at this stage in the season, needs practice. And it's clear, it's evident, this could not have come at a better time. Joe, do you think that this came at a good time? Looking at being almost in the in in the middle of the ACC schedule, getting this break, a whole week off to get some practice, and um, do you think it's better to get some practice, or do you think it's better to just not stop and stay in a rhythm and not get cold, as far as you know, competition? No, I think I think with with our depth in uh, the string of games that we've had, the close games and stuff like that. That's another, like I said, I was worried about that game last night just because we lose that game and, and we got a long season ahead of us and that's a bad loss. And uh, I was worried just because of the way that the Florida State game went with double overtime and Ty's battle. I mean, he looked dead after that game. So, um, I mean, yeah, I think it comes at a perfect time because uh, these next three games, I think, are crucial. They're winnable, they're winnable games. Um, Pittsburgh, we get the chance to play them again and hopefully knock on wood, nothing crazy happens and we can count that as a W, but I mean, Boston college and Georgia tech are similar type teams with us, similar talent that is probably going to be right there close to the bubble or right around the same place in the standings come end of the year. So these are some good head to head games that we should be winning, um, to just help our resume. But of, of course, uh, definitely, uh, a good time. Because it comes a point where you're only going to get so much, like, athletically-wise, strength-wise, you know, that kind of stuff. They're not going to get any bigger and faster and stronger during the season. You know, what they have, what they are is what they are. Uh, You know, you can work on stuff like free throws and, you know, your shooting and your fundamentals and stuff. But at this point, what what, what he has and the talent that the team is is what it is. Um, But getting the mental down is can help the the team – well, yeah, page. it's well, it's getting on the same page, but it's also understanding roles, understanding what they have to be doing, so that you know, Moyer has such great stretches, and then other times he just makes bonehead mistakes, and you just see Bayheim just pull him and yell at him, and it's just that kind of stuff. And like you said, you need to get on the same page, but also also mentally, people got to they got to get confident, they got to get rested, um, confidence, and and just understanding what what's going on and what you're supposed to be doing. Um, that can take you a long way because, I mean, the off season that's where you, you get bigger, faster, stronger, and, and uh, you work on your game and you hone in on some stuff. But in the middle of the season, the team we got is what we got. So really uh, getting the mental down and getting the, the schematical parts of the game is really what's going to help the most. So um, that's, that's what he was talking about with practice and everything like that. We just need to get better as far as the mental, like you said. I think it's a little bit of confidence, but definitely getting on the same page. Yeah, getting on the same page. You can tell by the way they were passing the ball yesterday. No one knows how the hell's going on. Um, Brissett said we've got to move the ball a lot more, get back on the glass. Exactly, that's what he needs to do. Just be more physical with these teams. I feel like we've let down our physicality. That's going to be a focal point these next few days. That's what Brissett had to say. Moyer said, I think we need some time to clean up some of the sloppy mistakes. I agree. I agree with that. He goes on, you could even see today it was kind of sloppy, you think? 
I think we I think yeah. we'll go back and watch some film and clean some of that up. So good. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, I hope they do. They know. They must listen, Joe. Uh, they they know what's going on, dude. And that's the first part of fixing it. So all right, pit win in the mirror. That's it. All right, Joe, a week off, but Wednesday is going to come quick for the Syracuse Orange as Boston College comes to the Dome at 7 o'clock. Joe, how does Cuse beat the Golden Eagles? Tell us. Uh, well, a little bit of luck. Uh, <laughs> no. Don't tell me that. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, Boston College, they are actually um, – better than what they've been in previous years. And I mean, they beat us last year. So who, who are we to talk? Um, but their guards are, are they're just growing up and, uh, we had problems with, um, we had problems with Kai Bowman and, uh, Jerome Robinson last year. And they're just one more year removed, more experience. And they got other guys that are starting to step up, uh, state that, what is his name? I forget his name. Why can't I think of his name ever? Um, Chatham. I always want to say Statham. It's Chatham. <laughs> but uh, he uh, is another guard that is is starting to step up and help them out. And um, Popovich, the uh, what they call the center, really a forward, but the tallest guy, six eleven. Um, he's uh, he's he's pretty tough down low too. Uh, they're thirteen and six this year, and I was I looked at their schedule um, a couple of days ago actually, and they don't really have bad losses. I mean, they lost to Texas Tech, lost at Providence, at Nebraska, um, at Virginia, at North Carolina, and I think a home game against Clemson. So and they beat Duke. No, they beat. Yeah, they have wins against Duke. They have wins against Wake Forest. They have wins against. Um, they just beat Florida State the other night. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, they've beaten some teams that we haven't, and they haven't lost to uh, a team that isn't in the Power Five, except for Providence. But technically, basketball, you know, Big East, they're still a tough out. So, um, Boston College is looking like a, a contender. Um, I, like I said, it's got the same record as us. So, um, this might be one of those games where it could be, you know, head to head come bubble time at the end of the year when it comes down to looking at tournament resumes you know, who beat who, because as far as non-conference goes, I think we might have better wins, maybe a little bit more tougher uh, non-conference strength of schedule. But again, they don't, they don't have bad losses. So a head to head could, could be one of those things. Um, so, and obviously we want to win to just kind of help our conference uh, ranking out as well. But um, they're definitely not the same Boston college that's been the past couple of years. So um, the, yeah, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be difficult. I like to hope that uh, this week of practice is gonna get us uh, get us ready. So uh, uh, you, you mentioned they they play an extra game too. So yeah, 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 yeah. they have a game um, Sunday at noon um, at Louisville. So yeah, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a tough one. So we'll have yeah. a, we'll have longer rest. We'll have longer rest. They'll have been on the road. Um, yeah, a game previous. And, you know, they are coming into the Dome. So, uh, attendance. Damn, I forgot to mention this again. I always do that. I got yeah. to get that off right at the beginning. Uh, attendance at the Dome was 21,259. It did not look like it. 
No, no, it definitely didn't. It didn't. It didn't, did it? But that's what they. That's what they count. That's what they. um, That's what they have here. So, well, hopefully this one will be a little bit better. I Uh, I I hope around twenty five thousand again. Yeah. Uh, A week off. It is a Wednesday, but that that coming off of four losses, nine o'clock on a Wednesday, or excuse me, Tuesday. Um, doesn't it's not that's not going to draw a big crowd, unless it's a big game. So, yeah. So hopefully- yeah, that's true. That's true. And and again, like hit, trying to hit back with Boston College. Um, they I took a look, and, and, and although looking at the schedule, looking at the standings, they look like a similar team. Um, I was looking at Ken Pomroy, uh, his standings um, that he had up there, or rankings, or whatever you want to call them. Um, he's got us at 45, and he's got, uh, I think it's uh, Boston College at 73, I want to say, something like that. So wow. I think Boston still, College is better than that, to be honest with you. No, like I said, I don't I don't know how difficult their non-conference straight schedule was. They have won some decent games here recently. Um, but uh, they're, they're just a guard-oriented team. Kai Bowman kind of runs a show. Um and uh, they run three guard set. You know, they start Chapman, uh, Chatham, and uh, Robinson and Bowman. Uh, they got a six eight senior forward, and then, like I said, Popovich six eleven. Their next best player that comes off the bench is six eight freshman. So they're not relatively like big, but they play they play tough, and they have the three guard set, and it's uh, it's not going to be uh, an easy task at all. But again, it's an important one. So. Uh, I think until you know we had we had we were eleven and two coming out of that conference and start losing games, you start getting worried. Um, so all of a sudden Pittsburgh becomes a must win, and all of a sudden, these games, these next three games, they're winnable games. And as long as we're our record's still kind of teetering on the bubble type, then pretty much every game's a must win. So yeah, hopefully we I can just ride so. this out and, like I said before, get to sixteen and six and and wait for this Virginia game. Uh, yeah, we can get all the way through back to Pitt uh, at the zoo. They always have a great crowd there. Um, you know, it's one of those places that's just designed to be in your fit. You know, they line the sidelines of the fans and it's the length of the court. Pretty much. It's one of those yeah. places that's really annoying to watch a game. Um, if their team's doing good, cause they make noise, they make noise there at the zoo. So, yeah, well, I remember last year. They were down a little bit last year, and it wasn't the same zoo. And I'm assuming that it's going to be more like a petting zoo this time yeah, around. That's because what, that's what I said last year too. That's yeah, <laughs> that's what we were hoping for last year. This year, I yeah. think it actually is. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll I mean, have their to teams. See. Their teams eight and eleven. That's it's yeah. tough to get behind. I have imagine, zero ACC wins. Imagine what Syracuse would be like, and our fans would be like right now if that was our situation. I know, I know. They weren't very loud last night. It was the students were back. Yeah, I know, but it, I mean, I'm talking about just fans overall. And no, I hear you. You know, you know you're right. If we get twenty one thousand, we wouldn't get ten if we were. <laughs> I mean, 20, if we were eight and eleven. I, that's got to be off, man. Just judging by the seats and the noise, it just didn't seem like it. But anyway, all right, we got a week off. If um, anything breaking happens, I guess we can come back. But. If not, Joe, I'm going to give you a vacation, buddy. What do you think? No, You're welcome. God. You're welcome. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Episode 52 in the books. We will be back, uh, like I said, after Boston College, unless something else happens. 
Remember, go to Facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. Thumb us up there. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Later. Peace. Oh, rough sound effect. <laughs> that's your. That's. <laughs> I had it ready for you, though. I had it ready for you. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.